0: So this morning, I want to just speak to you, and my title is, Is That You, God? Is that you? Because I do believe that, uh, you know, we we have a, a God who is alive. Amen. We don't serve idols. He is a God that is alive. And then number two, if He is alive, He is alive, and He is a speaking God as well. He's alive to speak. Amen. God is a speaking God. And then number three He desires still today to speak to you and I. So I just want to share on these three points, and I won't do all of them. I'm going to carry on tonight. But I want us just to have a look at this. And in the end, because I know that a lot of us sometimes are wondering, am I really hearing from God? Is is this you, Lord? So my title is, Is That You, God? Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that as we come to your word, Lord, that your word would open up to us, that we would be able to hear you speaking to us. It is the privilege and right of every believer to not only discern your voice, but to know that it is you that speaks to us, that it is you that leads us and guides us. And so I thank you today, Lord, that you would help us to break this down. And in the simplicity of your word, that there would be depth that would come. There would be revelation that would come. There would be some take-home truths that we could apply in our marriages, in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. I encourage people, as always, to uh, take notes down, write a scripture here and there, because when you employ writing, you are when you're using your hand to write or your foot to write, whichever you use, um, but you are using... Uh, Uh, your mental faculty, and it's amazing how that just personalizes some of the stuff. And actually, in terms of remembrance and in terms of recall, and in terms of actually hearing what it is that God is saying, when you begin to write it, somehow His voice becomes clearer. Amen? But when we look at the Bible, we know that God conversed with Adam way back in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. And then He spoke to Noah, didn't He? And what did He say to Noah? He said, Noah, I want you to build me a boat. Amen. And then he spoke to Moses. Where did he speak to Moses? From out of that burning bush, we remember. And then he spoke to Abraham. He promised Abraham a son. Hallelujah. And then how about the apostle Paul? He wasn't Paul. He was Saul riding on a donkey on his way to Damascus. What happened? Paul heard the voice of Jesus on his way to Damascus, has a wonderful encounter with God, amen? But does God still speak to us today? We can read the Bible and find that there were Bible characters who uh, had God speak to them. Does God still speak today? And if so, how does he speak? Where does he speak? And when does he speak? You often hear people talking about uh, God speaking and hearing the voice of God, and somehow they assume automatically that you're talking about an audible voice of God. Now, God can do that. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I know, I know people that have literally heard the audible voice of God. And God can do that. I mean, He can do anything. Hallelujah. He is God Almighty. Amen. Amen. So he can do that. That's not a problem. But how many of you know that actually hearing God speak and hearing the voice of God may mean different things to different people? Because why? We are all of us unique. We are one of a kind. I want you to turn to somebody this morning and tell them, You, you, yes, you are one of a kind. That's right. And you need to take ownership of that. You need to be, if I can use the word, proudful of that because you, there's only one of you. You don't have to be embarrassed about who you are. God created you, made you in His image, amen? I'm not saying that you're perfect. Nobody's perfect. We are being perfected, amen? But you are one of a kind, thank God. And you are unique. And you, the best you is when you decide to be you. Hallelujah. The best you is when you decide to be you. When you try to be somebody else, how many of you know that that doesn't work? It just doesn't work. Amen. So everybody is unique, and we are one of a kind, and God's interaction and His communication with us differs from person to person. Hallelujah. As we heard on Friday night with Paul Scallion, this is not a one-size-fits-all Christianity. Can you say amen? Amen. And because of that, God doesn't speak the same way to all of us. And so most of the time, though, we know that he speaks through his word. And the Bible, this book that we hold, is the written word of God. And it doesn't simply contain the words of God, but it is the word of God. And it's important for us to know that so that we can hear his voice, hearing God's voice as I said, is one of the greatest benefits you and I can enjoy. Would you look at somebody and tell them hearing God's voice is one of the greatest benefits and privileges that you can enjoy. And so we know that because of the cross, we are no longer enemies of God. Amen. But because of the cross, we have now become sons and daughters of God. And so hearing God for yourself is a right. And it is a responsibility provided to you as a believer. Lift your hands and say, hearing God's voice is my right and my responsibility. That's right. It was never meant to be just for a few select people. But any person, any man, any woman in Christ... Whether male or female, whether you're tall like me or short like somebody else. Whether you're black or white or blue or green, whether you are have hair or no hair. If you are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, hearing the voice of God is a privilege for you. Can you say amen? So we need to understand as we look at God and come to know who this God is. God is not only the Bible says he's omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere all at the same time. So he's here right now, but he's there in Phoenix. He's across the hall in that, in that overflow area. He's right here, but he's also in Hillcrest. He's right here, but wherever people are tapping in, watching this live stream, whether it be Europe, Switzerland, Italy, France, Germany, Belgium, Croatia, that's the final gonna be, but... Uh, 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 <laughs> Wherever God is omnipresent, He's all over this place. But He's also a personal God. And because He's personal, I want you to know that God is highly communicative. Communicative. Is that right, Ron? Communicative. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to talk to you. Hallelujah. And God is always speaking. When we read the Bible, we are reading the voice of God in written form. And that's so say that after me. When I read the Bible, I am reading the voice of God in written form. So how do you see God's word? Well, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, because Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, and he says here, there in Phoenix and Hillcrest, in the overflow, and get the scripture, it says, for this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. That's why you've heard me say before, the way that you treat the word is the way that the word is going to treat you. If you regard the Word of God as God's Word to you, then it will work in your life. But if you regard it as a history book, then that's all it'll be. If you're looking at it for archaeological facts and scientific evidence, then that's the kind of book that it'll be to you. But if it is the Word of God and you highly value the Word of God, then the Word of God will highly value you And the Word will shape and form and change your life. Can you say amen? Amen. So when we look at the Bible, we know as well that it's an accurate record of what God has said. And in this book, when we read this book, we find three things that I said to you that we know. Number one, God is not dead. We do not serve a dead God. God is alive. Number two, we read that He's not just alive, but alive to speak. Amen? Amen. He's a speaking God. And number three, that he desires to speak to you and I today. Can you say amen? amen? So number one, let's look at this fact that God is alive. Amen? For God to be able to have a voice means that he must be alive. In other words, God has not hidden himself from humanity. God is not hiding from you. And although we do not see it directly, God has provided ample proof of his existence. Amen. God has revealed himself through the natural universe. If you look at all of creation, and we look a bit about that now, we can see God. And number two, God has also revealed himself, you know where? In the hearts of every man and every woman, whether they're born again or not born again. I'll show you in just a minute. But in Psalm 8, verse 3, I like what David says. David said, you know what? When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? David said, man, just by looking at the universe, by looking at the stars, in fact, most of the Psalms he wrote while he was contemplating the heavens, he was tending his sheep, and whilst he was looking out over the hills of Jerusalem into the heavens, man, songs began to stir up in him. He was, he, he was reminded of, of the existence of God, of the reality of God, just by looking at creation. Look at Psalm 19, verse 1. Psalm 19 verse 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God. That's 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 creation. If you never had a Bible, you would know that God is real just by looking at the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. In other words, the natural universe has indisputable evidence of an omnipotent an omniscient designer, hallelujah. We cannot fathom the true extent of God's handiwork in creation. If we would consider the extraordinary wisdom involved in the creation of each celestial body and the laws under which they are governed, you know what? We would simply not be able to ignore the existence of an, of an intelligent and superior. Being, And we know that that being is God. For example, if you look at the solar system, all of the solar system is kept in orbit by all of these gravitational pulls, these gravitational effects. In other words, if gravity was not constant, what would happen? One of two things would happen. Either the earth would move towards the sun and it would melt up and burn and disintegrate, or the earth would move away from the sun, and then it would begin to freeze, and we'd all just be, you know, frozen. Like, like just, you know what I mean? That's how, how it would be. I like what Sir Isaac Newton, the great physicist, said. He said, This most beautiful system of sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. So we know that God's glory is revealed through the natural universe. Amen? And all of creation shows the omnipotence of God, the omniscient uh, of God, the uh, provision of God, shows the wisdom of God, shows the immensity of God. All of that is seen when we look at creation. But also, God is real and He is alive and He is Revealed in the heart of every human being. Every human being. What we call our inner conscience. The Bible says every man, every woman was created in the image of God. That's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And in every human being, whether they saved or unsaved, God has placed a law within their hearts. Hallelujah. The law is the conscience of man. And it's described by Paul in Romans 2, verse 14. It says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a lord in themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts, either accusing or else Excusing them. So every human being has what we call a conscience. Hallelujah. And that conscience, if you never read the Bible, if nobody ever told you about Jesus, if nobody ever told you about the cross and about the blood, and you lived your life and you died, you would be judged on your conscience, what your conscience holds to be true and wrong. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So the conscience of man is the witness of right and wrong. And God uses that witness to show man is in need of a savior. And the very fact that there is a conscience within every person proves that man was made by a moral creator. Hallelujah. So our God Israel, and He is alive. He is not made with uh, stones or with wood like in Psalms 115. And I'd like to look at the Passion Translation. How many of you have heard of the Passion Translation? Man, this is quite a phenomenal translation. But let's look at Psalm 115 from verse 2. And look at how it's just beautifully put there. It says, Why should the unbelievers mock us, saying... Where is this God of yours? But we know our God rules from the heavens and He takes delight in all that He does. The unbelievers worship what they make, their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they make with their, own, with their hands. But their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Their possessions will never satisfy Their futile faith in dead idols and dead works can never bring life or meaning to their souls. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make a deaf image. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship. Powerless and dead. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. In the New King James Version, it says they make these idols. They have ears, but they can't hear them. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have a mouth, but they cannot speak tongues, but they cannot say anything. So we serve a God who is very much alive. Can you say amen? Amen. Bump your neighbor and say, my God is alive. Hallelujah. So number two, he's alive. We know that. The scriptures affirm that. And we've spoken about that, but He is not only a God who is alive, He is, number two, a speaking God. Look at somebody and tell them, I serve a speaking God. You've often heard me say this, God is spirit. So we are spirit, but we are speaking spirits because God is a speaking spirit as well. We're made in the image of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is a speaking God. I want you to know this morning, church, that God is rich in speech. And with that speech comes revelation of who He is. With that speech, hear me in Phoenix, hear me in Hillcrest, in the overflow. God is rich in speech. And with that speech comes revelation of who He is. And that revelation is not all at one time. We don't receive revelation all at once. It is progressive. It is progressive. That's how we grow. From faith to faith. From revelation to revelation. Revelation is progressive. But God, by Him speaking to us, comes the revelation. Amen? And that revelation is progressive. For for example, to Abraham... He revealed himself in Genesis 15 and 1. He said, I am the Lord your shield, your exceedingly great reward. That's how he revealed himself to Abraham, to Jacob. How did he reveal himself? Through the word. He said in Genesis 28 13, I am the Lord God of Abraham and the father and the God of Isaac, talking to Jacob, to Moses. At the burning bush, how did he reveal himself? He said, I am who I am. Go and tell Pharaoh, I am who I am has sent you. Moses had a revelation of the God of I am who I am. Hallelujah. What about Joshua? To Joshua, in Joshua 5 and 14, Joshua was getting ready to take down Jericho, but Joshua had a revelation. What was the revelation? He said, I want you to know, Joshua, I am your commander of the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. That was Joshua's revelation. To Isaiah, what was he to Isaiah? Isaiah 48 and 17, he was the Lord, your redeemer to Isaiah. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise to Mary, who was about to conceive in Matthew 1, he said, I want you to know this is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Hallelujah. But ever since the time or the day of creation, God has been communicating with mankind. How does God speak to us today? How does He speak to us? I want you to know, in many different ways. He can speak to us through His Word. He can speak to us through signs, wonders, and miracles. He can speak to us through visions and dreams. He can even speak to us through angels. Hallelujah. He can speak to us through parables. He can speak to us through psalms and songs and through our ability to worship. That's why it's important when you're worshiping to surrender your heart and just be totally wrapped up. Why? There are moments of intimacy where God can speak to you about certain things. We can hear also His audible voice. I've never heard His audible voice, but that's possible. How about through prophetic utterances? God can speak to us. Hallelujah. Through the person of Jesus. If you take all the words of Jesus, and there was a book written by Pastor Fred, all of those words are words that he is speaking and has spoken to you and I. Amen. He can speak to you as well through other people. How many of you know of certain people that God used to speak into your life? Let me see your hand right now. Amen. What about circumstances? Circumstances. How many of you know that through a circumstance, whether good or bad, God has spoken something to you? Lift your hand about about that. So we can see all of these things are very, very important. Very important. And we'll look at these things tonight in depth and talk about the various ways. Because I want to know, is that you, God? Is it you speaking to me? But I want to leave you with a thought this morning. Because in John 3 and 16, a very famous scripture. What does it say? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Say eternal life. life. Now I want us to look in John 17 and verse 3 because I want to think about eternal life. So in John 17 and 3, it says, And this is eternal life. When you die and get into heaven, that is eternal life. Is that what it says there? What does it say? And this is eternal life, that you may what? That you may what? That you may what? That you may know God. Eternal life is not just being born again and knowing that I'm going to heaven Eternal life is so that I may know God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, eternal life is to know God. Look at somebody else and tell them, eternal life is to know God. The Greek word for eternal life there, or the Greek word for to know God, is, means to be involved in an intimate and growing relationship. To know God. The Greek word, "ginosko" means to be involved in an intimate and growing relationship. So in other words, eternal life is not life after death. We have this idea that eternal life switches on when we die and now we move into heaven and now that's eternal life. Eternal life is here, the day you are born again and wrapped up in this body of flesh, Because eternal life is to know God. Say that one more time. Eternal life life is to know God. God. Say it one more time in Phoenix. Everybody stayed here together with the Phoenix folks. Eternal life. And say it with the Hillcrest folks. Everybody all together. That's right. I want it to settle in your heart. This is not life after death, eternal life happens now. It is a relationship that begins when you're born again and continues forever, even when your body does die. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? We can know God even while we are still in this body of flesh. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so that's very important when you come to understand that. Because the sin of Adam, when Adam sinned the garden, what happened? The entire human race became sinners, and we were basically cut off from God. We were not able to know God. We were not able to hear God. But then Jesus died on the cross, hallelujah. And what did he do? He restored back fellowship with God. He said, it is possible for you to have your sins forgiven and for you to receive eternal life, and in that eternal life, to come to a place where you can know God, where you can be intimate with God, even though everything else still happens around about you. You're wrapped up in this flesh. You're still a father. You're still a mother. You're still a business person. You're still a scholar, a student, whatever it is. Life goes on, but you are able in this life to have a life with God, to grow in intimacy, to grow in fellowship with God. Hallelujah. So in other words, eternal life is intimate. It is continuous. It is unbroken fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And do you know that the heart of the Father is actually revealed in this, that the Father sent his only begotten Son, and in this, His heart is revealed. What do you mean by that, John? I simply mean this. God placed us in Christ Jesus so that he could relate to us in the same way that he relates to Jesus. I want you to just think a little bit about that, that what God the Father did by sending his son on the cross, and then by you and I being born again, we are placed in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. And by placing us in Christ Jesus, it was the Father's way of relating to us the way that He relates to Jesus. In other words, family, what I'm here to tell you this morning is God loves us in the same measure that He loves Jesus. Can you you think a little bit about that? When you think about Jesus, He was in continuous fellowship and communion with His Father. And that continuous intimate fellowship is available to every one of you. God the Father heard every prayer of Jesus and He hears every one of our prayers as well. Here's something that I want you to think on as we close this morning. Is it you, God? It is God because He is alive. He is a speaking God and still today He speaks to you and I. I want you to think about these things. God loves me as I am. God is not angry with me. God has accepted me through Christ. God sees me as His own child. God wants to have a relationship with me. God wants to enjoy fellowship with me. And God is always speaking to me. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight, we're going to talk about the different ways. We're going to break that up because I think it's important that we know. That we know. Sometimes we hyper-spiritualize the way that God speaks. But sometimes, do you know that even He can use even animals? He spoke through the, through the donkey the one time. He spoke through a donkey the one time. So tonight, we're going to break that up and make it easy because... It is the right of every child of God to hear the voice of God. Imagine how much more we could accomplish if we heard right from God. Imagine the mistakes we could avoid. Imagine just the breakthroughs that we could have. Imagine the ease, the peace that we could have. A lot of the tension, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the trouble, sometimes is self-generated because we ran ahead of ourselves, because we thought we heard, because somebody said something and we thought that was a good idea and didn't hear from God. So a lot of the heartache and a lot of the sorrow and a lot of the consequences that we suffer in this world would be greatly avoided if we could just hear God and say, God, That's you speaking to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know what to do. Amen. So tonight we're going to do that. Can you say amen? Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now. You see, God, God wants to fellowship with mankind. But what is it that separates man from God? It's our sin. It's our iniquity. It's our fallen nature. I think when I get to heaven and I see Adam, I'm going to give him a bit of a mouthful. Say, Adam, you cause a lot of problems for us, man. You really cause a lot of problems. The first person I'd like to meet in heaven is Adam and just give him just a little bit of just, you know. But that is the truth. The only thing that separates you from God is our sins, our fallen nature. God does not separate himself from you. Our sins separate us from God. God loves you. And he'll take you just the way that you are. That's the beautiful thing about the God that we serve. Most of the religions of this world, you have to try and earn some sort of a righteousness. They think that even if you dress in white and abstain from certain clothes, that that will do something for you, you know, to bring about a certain righteousness. But that comes from the heart. How do you clothe the heart in white? The heart does not take in food. Food is brought into the stomach and it is eliminated and it's not the food that makes you clean or unclean it is the heart and the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart basically and religion just tries to put a big band-aid or a big elastoplast over the heart but you can't do that what does God do he go. he puts his hand right into the heart takes out that heart of stone and puts in a brand new heart. The good, th- the good news is, you don't need medical cover. You don't need a hospital gap cover. You don't need a cardiologist. You don't need nurses. You don't need an anaesthetist. How many of you've ever had an a, 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 an operation, and then after the op, anaesthetists, fifteen thousand, gauze, five thousand, luck. Like, 5,000 rands worth of gauze. And, I mean, and then the bill is like 100 and something thousand. Aren't you glad there's no bill involved with God this morning? That He can just supernaturally reach into your heart. Take out that which is not of Him and put His heart back in there. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now. That's the only thing stopping you from coming to God and hearing His voice. God wants to speak to you longs to speak to you and today that right can become yours how pastor just simply by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior he's already written the law on your heart anyways so you know right from wrong already your inner conscience is either judging you or condemning you or giving you the thumbs up that's how it is but today there's a greater law It is the law of grace and it comes in and it says, I'll take you just the way that you are. I love you just because I love you and I'll receive you and forgive you and cleanse you. And right now I'd like to pray for you up in the balcony, whether you're in Phoenix, whether you're in Hillcrest, whether you're watching by way of live stream somewhere in this whole wide world across the way down in the overflow area, And you know that your life is not right with God right now. I'm want i going to count to three. When I get to three, all I want you to do is just lift your hand and I'll pray for you. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Every eye closed. Everybody praying. Praying in Phoenix. Praying in Hillcrest. Praying in the overflow. Here we go. One, two, get ready. Get ready. Three, lift your hand up high. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. I'm coming. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Lift that hand up high one more time. God bless you that's right ma'am don't be shy don't be shy anybody else lift your hand up right now in Phoenix in Hillcrest in the overflow I want those of you this morning and you feel the tug of heart don't be shy don't be embarrassed but I want to pray for you right now I'm going to ask you to stand up to your feet would you do that would you go ahead and stand up right now just go ahead and stand up God bless you 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 that's right that's right In the overflow, just stand up. Here's what I want you to do right now. You're all all over this place in Phoenix and in Hillcrest. In the overflow, I'd like you to get up out of your seats, walk down the aisle, and come down to the front right now. As you do, we're handing back over to Hillcrest and to Phoenix. Can we put our hands together and give them a big God bless you? Thank you so much for watching. Live streamers. I want you to hold on for just a moment. If that's you, I want you to join in on this prayer. All right? Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Is there anybody else? Before we pray, I want everybody to stand up right now. We're about to dismiss you. Those of you in the front watching by way of live stream in the overflow area, I want everybody to help them pray. Would you say these words after me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, come to you today I come to you today in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Just, as I am. just as I am, with all of my faults, all of my, faults all, of my failures, all of my failures, and all of my sins, And I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And today I declare that you are my God, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer. And that I belong to you and that I'll never be the same. Never, ever, ever will I be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come and take the details down. The rest of you just lift your hands up to the Lord. Father, I thank you this morning for your word that's come to us. That we declare, number one, you are a God that is alive. I pray that you would be alive in marriages, in businesses, in people's lives. And then number two, You are a God that desires to speak. Oh, Father, how I pray that every one of us would have ears to hear what it is that you are saying to us. We know that there are thousands of voices that are clamoring to be heard. But I thank you, Lord, that we would have an affinity for your voice. And as we go today, we go knowing that it is you, our God, who is alive and well, and you, our God, who is speaking to every single one of us in Jesus' name. Family, you are blessed. Have a wonderful day.